0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Five Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. Yesterday we met the character Nicodemus who came to Jesus at night. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, he was an influencer, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, he was kind of a big deal and he had a lot of questions. And Jesus told him he needed to be born again of water and of the spirit, which seemed like a really strange thing to say. And Jesus gave him an answer that it wasn't something he could do for himself. The being born is something that happens to you, that someone else does for you. And later on in the New Testament section of the canon, the Apostle Paul talks about becoming a new creation. And that's really what he's talking about when you are born again. It means the time when you accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And it's from that time on that you are literally a new creation, you have been born again into the family of God. And today, we are going to focus on the number one most used verse in all of the Bible, out of the 31,102 verses, this is the one that you see the most often. You see it held up on cardboard at football games, you see it on eye black under people's eyes, Anybody? Anyone know it? Can anyone say it with me? It's John 3:16, and I bet a lot of you have it memorized. Go ahead and say it with me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's pretty much the Christian rally cry if you don't have it committed to memory. Consider doing that. But let's take apart today what exactly John 3.16 is telling us. So let's pick it apart word by word. For God so loved the world. Well, here we we learn the object of God's love, right? For God so loved the world. God did not wait for the world to turn to him before he loved the world. He loved and gave his only begotten son to the world when it was still just the world. And if you can agree with me, we're a pretty imperfect World, right? God so loved the world exactly how it was. But in Nicodemus's time, the Jews of that day rarely thought that God loved the world. In fact, many of them thought God only loved Israel. The universal offer of salvation and life in Jesus was revolutionary. The Jews the Jew was already enough to think of God as loving Israel, but no passage appears to be cited in which any Jewish writer would maintain that God loved the world. It's a distinctively Christian idea that God's love is wide enough to embrace all of mankind. So, what did God do because He loved this world? Well, He gave His only begotten Son, and this describes both the expression and the gift of God's love. God didn't just Feel love for the fallen world God did something about it he gave the most precious thing to give his only begotten son he gave his only begotten son and these words seem to carry a reference to the offering of Isaac do you, are you familiar with Isaac he was Abraham's only son and he was willing to sacrifice him and so Nicodemus would have known he would be very very familiar with this story Going on that whoever believes in him. Well, this describes the recipient of God's love. God loves the world, but the world does not receive or benefit from that love until it believes in Jesus, the gift that the father gave. Believes in means much more than the intellectual awareness or agreement. It means to trust in, to rely on, to cling to. Okay, so should not perish. This 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 describes the intention of God's love. God's love actually saves man from eternal destruction. God looks at fallen humanity, the imperfect world, you and me, and he doesn't want it to perish. So, in his love, he extends the gift of salvation in Jesus, his only begotten son. And then what is the outcome? everlasting life. So this describes the duration of God's love. The love we receive among people, even the best of people, is going to fade or turn, but God's love will never change. Somebody needs to hear that today. God's love will never change. He will never stop loving people, even until the furthest distance of eternity. Now, Verse 17 is one that we often gloss right past because we do John chapter 3, verse 16. Such powerful words. But verse 17 is has an equally um, important message. Let me read it for you. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Do you feel like sometimes Christians get a reputation of judging? I think we do. And I think it's because some of us are judgers. But that wasn't Jesus' purpose. It wasn't God's purpose in sending his son. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus revealed the heart of God the Father in sending God the Son to bring salvation, to bring rescue, hope, and healing to a hurting world through him. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. People by nature love darkness, not light. And often because we are born under original sin, because we are sinful creatures sometimes, people's deeds can be evil. And everyone who is practicing evil hates the light. But Jesus is the light of the world. He comes to bring light to do light, to bring hope, and to bring grace, not to condemn. And that was something that was really revolutionary as Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and yet it still applies to us. So as you memorize John 3.16, take another read at verse 17 and check your heart, because are we being people who condemn, who judge, that isn't the purpose that isn't what God sent Jesus for, and it isn't what Jesus would do. Join me here tomorrow as we wrap up the rest of John chapter three. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage, then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to fiveminutesofcourage.com. That's the number five, and you can connect with me there.